How are they? They're so heavy. That best guard's got to be so heavy. <laughs> She's got a jetpack. Well, how is the jetpack igniting? I don't know. This is why I'm afraid of the ocean. This is connected to one of the oceans, right? So wait a minute. What? Oh. Ooh, the eye. Oh my god. Oh my god. Whoa! Huge. <laughs> he's the big boy. Damn, boy, he's thick. That's a thick ass mythosaur. That is huge. That's yeah. like a cola, cola, cola clawfish. Good What's gravy. that? Cola clawfish. What is that? It's like well, he's, he's huge. It's like the Naboo big thing who oh, like grabbed. Oh, there's oh. always a bigger oh, mythosaur. Yes. I guess now. I didn't think those things went underwater. Welcome back to New Rockstars, The uh, Mandalorian. Yes. Season three, episode two, just happened. And the mythosaur is no longer a myth, no. my friends. It's real. It is a sar. A truthosaur. A true eyesore, I would say. <laughs> uh, our minds are blown. Uh, we feel like Bo-Katan in this moment. All of our dreams are now possible. All of our dreams can come true. Jake Farrick! What a show! We'll catch you up on it, Hector, don't <laughs> oh, worry. Oh, poodoo, I missed it. Uh, poodoo. This, <laughs> this is New Rockstars, The Break Room presents Wookie Lakes, a Mandalorian after show. Yes. Uh, and we are reacting right now to Mandalorian season three, episode two. And uh, we have so many questions. Hot start, hot start to the season. Yo, I gotta yeah. say. This is, this season's getting back to the, what it really means to be a Mandalorian. And I can't say enough good things about that. Okay, yes, let's introduce who we are. I'm Eric Voss, I'm here with Tommy Bechtold and Hello. special guest, Hector Navarro. Whoa. Our Wookie duo has become a Wookiee trio. Ooh, lick it and on me, baby. That sounds good to me. Lick it on me. I'm ready for it. <laughs> me and Hector. Hector kept coming up behind us before we started recording saying, lick it on no, me. I no, I said leak it. it. I said, Wookiee, leak it on me. Hector's been DMing me, well, leak on worse. me, baby, for weeks. And I didn't know what he better. Better. It's not better to say leak it I on me. I said, I got a fever. And the only prescription <laughs> is, is Tommy yeah. leaking on me. <laughs> and the truth is, my secret, I'm always leaking. Oh, crap. Okay, before we uh, talk about what happened in this episode, yes. let's take a moment to shout out. Uh, the best way to support, really, our New Rockstars Network mm -hmm. is to grab one of these Mando-inspired shirts yes. from nerdriot.shop. Tommy, which one are you wearing? Wherever I am wearing the wherever he goes, I go. And by the way, we should mention this whole collection is called The Way. So if you want to get in The Way, you gotta buy one of these shirts. <laughs> dressed like this. In the way. Get this freak out of here! <laughs> Why are you showing me that? I'm still on Brandon Barrick's impressions. <laughs> we want to thank a few people who bought custom shout-outs with their This Is The Way merch. All right. Howard Scott says, well met, Helmet. Grogu, wherever you wish. And Lex Mando. Let's talk about what happened on this episode, yes. guys. It's Boonta Eve. Whoa. I hope you put out your Boonta stockings, because Boonta Claus is near. I don't think that's what it is. What is the difference between Life Day? I've got my head wrapped around Life Day. Yes. yes. I understand. Like, yeah. I've read all those stories. I know about the Wookiee celebrating Life Day on Kashyyyk. Mm. What is Boonta Eve? Well, let me just give you what I know, and Eric, feel free to chime in if you know. I think Boonta is a, a, a holiday specific to Tatooine. Oh. And, of course, it, clicks, it, it, it kicks off with the Boonta Eve Classic Pod Race. And yes, that is the canonical name of that event, okay? Yeah. So don't write in. And we get to see a little glimpse of that. The we first see a episode, bit of the pod race. Right yeah. as we come in, there's pew, some pods. Right, that's pod racing, I'm sure of it. Yeah. 
Which is, that's exciting. It's got to be like the, the football game on, on Thanksgiving, right? Oh, or the, right, right, right. That yeah, so it's, I like it. There's a sport to honor it. Yeah. I think they'll just find any excuse to pod race. They yes. don't need a festival for it. But like, well, it's Boonji We must pod race. Well, we also yeah. pod race yesterday. It's the, the festival of the twin sons. We must pod race. <laughs> There's always uh, a few of those suns in the sky. I don't know. We're just finding excuses to drink, really. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a Rodian who has a speeder that has been stripped apart. He goes to Pelimato to yeah. get some help. Pelimato's happy to oblige. And why is that? Because she and the Jawas have stripped the thing herself. She's selling the man back his stolen parts. This is such a George Lucas muscle car 60s era story <laughs> or little plot line. Very, very much we know George Lucas was obsessed with hot rods, American yeah. graffiti, yeah. like you had said before, Hector. I just loved this moment. I thought this yeah. was a little homage to George Lucas, a little Easter egg for Georgie. Mando and Grogu land in Pelimato's shop, and they're still looking for that replacement IG memory circuit, uh-huh. which uh, causes Pelly to go, okay, Grandpa. So obviously these IG memory circuits have not <laughs> been made since the days of the Empire. Yeah. You know, when they had to make droids that killed. Question for both of you. Yeah. Does anybody know the fate in canon or whatever of IG-88? Oh, the, the bounty hunter from Empire Strikes Back. What I, happened to it? I don't Did know. Did it get destroyed? Because the first thing I thought was, well, the Star Wars galaxy is the tiniest galaxy ever yes. created. So the one IG unit that he's going to find the thing from is yeah. going to be from IG-88 yes. somewhere. Right. And then he, and Mando's going to kill IG-88, pull the thing, put it back in the other one, and then we have Taika Waititi again. Oh, but it's then, like a heart transplant. Yeah. Would they have to reprogram the chip, though? Isn't that what got damaged, and that's why he defaulted yes, to his original but programming? remember, the power of friendship wins all in that's stories. True. So, so the- IG-11 will remember... The friendship he had with Mandalorian. There's a friendship drive that's undamaged inside of his shell. Yeah, we saw Big Hero 6. Yeah, exactly. Hector, you couldn't be more correct about the droid. uh, Thank you for hugging me. I felt so good. About the small universe because Pelly convinces Mando to take R5-D4, a droid that has been through it all from self-sabotage. R2-D2 convinced R5-D4 to blow his uh, inhibitor chip in A New Hope so that R2-D2 could go with Luke. This guy, this droid, this little droid. His inhibitor chip? Wait, so you're saying, I thought it was a busted motivator first. Busted motivator, No, it was an inhibitor chip, and then he lost all his inhibitions. Then R5-D4 whispered to R5-D4, your life is not Okay, if we trust (laughs) Wikipedia, powered by fandom, which is when I read my oral history, or read my oral history. Written history. When I written history of R5-D4, R2-D2 beeped at R5-D4 (laughs) and caused him to go, <laughs> so there you go. The rest is history. Mando wow. says, "Sure, it's Bootie. We're getting it for half price. That's our cold open, baby. That's not even the episode. Guess what happens in the episode? We head to Mandalore, <gasps> and it's not a pretty sight, guys. I'll be honest. I love it. I love that he also gives Grogu a tour right before yeah. he's like, okay, so yeah. before we go here." There's Calavella, mm-hmm. there's Concordia, mm-hmm. and then that's Friendship Island. Yeah. And we'll all go there at the <laughs> end that, of this. That, <laughs> But it's like, yeah, it's kind of like, hey, here's the, the shitty city, mm-hmm. and we moved out to our suburbs that's so we right. can have backyards yeah. mm-hmm. and just live with people who look like us. Grogu's like, where are the fireworks? Racist. That other planet had fireworks. And he's like, we don't have fireworks on Mandalore. We have well, light. they do. They just are mushroom clouds. Yeah, they're fusion bombs. Oh. They're planted as fusion bombs, which Too have soon? created a beautiful... <laughs> we don't know of, what the timeline yeah. was. I mean, you know, we all look in awe at insects frozen in amber, but yet this entire planet is basically frozen in fusion bomb 
green amber, uh, which is, oh. uh, and, and we're all negative about it. The air might be toxic. No. This is Fusion Bomb Erasure. The Fusion Bombs made it beautiful. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Oh, that's your final? Yeah, that's okay, my no, thesis. No, no. Nope. So, sure. so Mando sends R5 out to get a to get yeah. an air sample on yeah. the on the surface of Mandalore. And R5, underneath, maybe? Or yeah, he's yeah. like, go into that crevasse. <laughs> uh, and, R5, and then he's like, we can track R5 to Grogu on, on this little thing. For about thing. two seconds. And then beep, just like every time a radar is showing a beeping thing, you know that thing's going to eventually disappear. And then either Godzilla shows up, right. the Romulans show up. Or if you show, show a blank radar... You know that something's about to appear. Yes. Like we got company, yes. and that's what happens in everything. Top <laughs> Gun, baby! Uh-huh. All right, now Mando pressurizes his helmet, follows him into the cave, but he's attacked by Alamites. Hello, new friend alert! Alamites. I've got Alamite <laughs> fever, and that is fatal. So Alamites, these guys are new to Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, right? okay. this isn't something that we've seen before. Were they in Legends? No, I mean I looked all. I scoured the internet for of any course. reference to Alamite. This is Wookiee leaks. These to yeah. me felt like. A um, Ralph McQuarrie. Ralph uh, Ma- oh, these felt like McQuarrie originals to yes. me. Yes, they did these feel felt, like McQuarrie. These felt yes. like Ralph McQuarrie originals to me, and I wonder if Al, like if someone's last name was like Alome or something like that. They're oh. like, we'll call them Alamites. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the air is safe to breathe. Not in this office. This office is still toxic. But on the planet. In Mandalore, the air is safe to breathe. So, rumor number one about Mandalore de- debunked. A lot of rumors oh, debunked in this episode. Right. Yeah. The cursed. air is safe to breathe, folks. Yeah. So, Mando and Grogu head into the well, Civic Center, is and that... there is no monster truck rally, which to me <laughs> means it's not a true Civic Center. <laughs> is that a rumor, is that like a, a, a thing that is explicitly stated, or is it like the rumor is that Mandalore is cursed, yeah. so then therefore somebody extrapolated then, oh, it's got to be poisoned from the... That's a great point. The, right? Mando in season two told Bo-Katan and Axe Woves and Cascar Reeves, yeah. like, that place is toxic. He yeah. used the term, like, poison oh, he, okay, or toxic. Okay, okay, okay. But it's interesting that there was a reversal in episode yes. one of this season. He was the one telling Bo that it wasn't, right. it wasn't dangerous. Oh, yeah, because as soon as it benefits his right. life, uh-huh. he's like, I'm going to break the rules. It's all, <laughs> it's all propaganda. But this is a great mirror to our society and how things work oh. in and how different like legends and, and and myths about like this place don't go there that place is cursed that's true and and people have all different reasons why it's cursed to suit their needs and motivations now mando needs to get back there suddenly it's not so cursed anymore wait a minute are you saying that that the curse propaganda was like enacted by the Empire or somebody who wanted to keep the Mandalorians from uniting because oh, they are a they formidable force? Like See, I think it was the Armorer. I think the Armorer is going to be the big bad of this season. What? I think I are, she are you is kidding the villain. me? I think she, we start with her in the beginning of the season. I think she's going to be revealed no, to be no, no. basically a cult leader. One she's of, a Manson. One of the words that Jon Favreau said that he used to describe this season was redemption. Mm. And I don't think he was talking about just Bo-Katan. Because I think she will be redeemed. Yeah. I think Katie Sackhoff is so charming that you're not going to have her be the full villain for forever. Like, let her be uh, somebody who can kind of have that arc, mm-hmm. right? But I also think that the armorer, Paz Vizla, that entire clan, are basically going to see, not to put down religion, the error of their ways yes. when they look at the example of Bo-Katan, when mm-hmm. they look at the example of their history and their legacy of the Mandalorians. Right. I mean, you were bringing up an amazing point during the live stream that I watched this morning when oh, that kid in episode one was doing the oath. When yeah. did the meth gator attack, Eric? When did it attack? 
Meth Gator, written by our friends Lauren Pritchard and her husband Joe. Woo! Well, the, yes. it, coming from Florida, the Meth Gator attacks when you least expect it yes. to, yeah. which is at all times. <laughs> Should be more often. The amount of times Meth Gator hits. Uh, yeah, right when he's right before he said, "And I will never take off my helmet." Which you're right. That is See? some that's kind nature. of cosmic that's the force. force. That's, that is the force, it, and that's what the Jedi call it. Is yes. the force. The Mandalorians probably have a different word so for it. So I believe mm. the armorer is going to be a character who is so strict in her beliefs, but she may see the light. She may mm. then go, you know what? The, the 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 cooling waters of Lake Minnetonka have proven yes. that Mandalorian, and she will then take off her helmet. See, I think it'll be Vizsla will take off his helmet. I think helmet. that arc is going to be for Paz. I think Paz oh. is the one who could be in the middle, and we'll see. And it'll be Favreau. Poor it's going to be Favreau. It's going to be Favreau. <laughs> <laughs> like Dave Fletcher did all the physical work. Shout out to and Dave Fletcher. And then hot hot armor all season. But yeah. I think I think the armor is so devout in her ways. I don't think see her coming. You think she's going to die? You think I, she'll like sacrifice herself? She like she'll to. be like, "This is the way," and then jump into another meth gator mouth or something like in the last. <laughs> well, well I feel like people usually die by their own. Like ba- like bad guys usually die by their own hubris or blade. Right. Bad people. They don't have to be guys. I think she's gonna <laughs> die in that in that forge. She's oh. gonna get forged into a. She's gonna slip accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frozen in Beskar. This is the way. And then die. Dip her in Beskar. Make a statue. Put her next to IG 11. Anyway, the air's safe to breathe, like I said. So head into the Civic Center. Mando gets captured by this freaky creep show. Whoa, freaky we have to creature. talk about this. Yes, I love yeah. this. Giant, it's like a little thing that we end up seeing. It gets down to the size of like a football. The head. The but head. They, yeah. But it's like, it's alive. Yeah. And it's powering this like three different mechs, right? Like yeah. it's got the giant one, it's got the little Puma mech, and then it's got the little Krang mech. Uh, Did it remind yeah. anyone of like John Carpenter's The Thing where the head breaks off of the body and then grows the spider legs yeah. and starts Did, crawling did away? I was getting uh, General Grievous vibes. Oh, oh. sure, I, yeah. I remember when Grievous first appeared. He first appeared in the Gendi Tartakovsky animated, 2D animated, hand-drawn Star Wars Clone Wars. No the. Yes. Right, right, right. And I love those series. Those micro shorts were so great. And he was a badass. And then they did season two that was leading up to uh, episode three of Ranger of the Sith. And they really nerfed him because they're like, oh, in episode three, he has like a cough. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so like they made him from this really scary threat to like, we have to have, we'll have Mace Windu crush his heart and that'll explain how he, and now those shorts aren't even canon, so it doesn't matter. Oh, but yeah. when he first appeared, I remember like asking deep, like deep Star Wars fans, like, what is he? And they're like, like, he's a droid. And I was like, I don't know. He's got a weird little... And I'm like, no, nah, it's exact like full droid. And then he's not. Yeah, but right. he kind of has like droid, like, you know, yeah. attachment. So this is what that character reminded me of. He's what does Wikipedia say? Is there any name? Is there, have we seen it before? I have not. I was unable to identify. I have a feeling, you know, this season we're going to have a lot of revelations mm. of what these things are. New, because new, that new. alligator snapping turtle... Uh, meth Gator is fine. I'm fine with Meth Gator, by the way. <laughs> See, I think the alligator snapping turtle was like an Egyptian crocodile reference. Because oh, they, they have the, the Mandoa Exodus passage, and I think, you know, they, they threw the Hebrew slave children to the crocodiles in the Nile, wow. and then Amit is a devourer of the dead, has a crocodile head. I think it was connected with that. You know what I love about this show is that all of that is probably true, and then also in the writer's room or whatever, they're also like, and then they use their jetpacks and go up and <laughs> yeah. blow it up. Like, it's like <laughs> that. <laughs> Plus, this show feels like playing with action figures. Mando, as we said, gets captured. And then, I gotta say, this is, talk about a father sending his son off with a lot of trust. He goes, Grogu, go to Bo-Katan. Grogu's like, yeah, no problem. Let me ask a few questions. How do I talk? How do I fly a ship? Uh, where is Bo-Katan again? Bo-Katan is, is retrieved. Mm-hmm. With, she sees Grogu and she's like, I immediately understand what you need me to do. 
Uh, they it's had right. the Mandalorian, a Mandalorian on her ship. Uh, Din Djarin stuck in a well? <laughs> Where is what he, is he? Where It is was. He? That was big lassie vibes, right? Yeah. Although I would never compare Grogu to that bastard dog. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he did. Uh, and so does his grandson. I got beef with that whole and by family. By the way, Tin. You too. All right, you can delete that. Uh, Don't get me started on Toto. <laughs> that piece of work. So Bo-Katan gets into uh, gets yeah. in her ship. They get down to back to the surface of Mandalore. The exact same spot. Coordinates are plugged in. Grogu's like, no, it's right there. Yep. Once in the Civic Center, they are once again attacked by the Alamites, which is where we actually learn their name and their origin. They used to live kind of in the outskirts of uh, of the city. I wonder, I'm curious, we'll get into this more later, like if their relationship was always so antagonistic or maybe they, mm. you know, because they have, they wear clothing, mm-hmm. they have tools they're, they're, and weapons. They're sentient. They're an advanced culture, yeah. clearly, sentient. to some degree. It seems yeah. like they're the Tusken Raiders to yeah. the Mandalorians, right? Ah. Yeah, it does feel that way. So we gotta wait for them to get redemption in like a later yeah. season. Right, right, like, right. Let's just, I like, think it's gonna be Boba Fett yeah. who just goes in yeah. there and then adopts and appropriates their culture yeah. and becomes one of them. <laughs> yeah. clean, clean it up on Boba Fett, as I always say. Yeah. So then we get this great sequence where Bo-Katan rescues Din Djarin and wields oh. the Darksaber. Oh. And we see how she's still locked into the lore of that because she wields yeah. the Darksaber but does not keep it. She gives it back. Yeah. She didn't win it fairly. That's yeah. right. And isn't it interesting? She seems way more adept at wielding that lightsaber yes. than yeah. Din Djarin yeah. did. Din Djarin struggled once again. I love seeing him struggle yes. with a Darksaber. Yeah. 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 More than someone just wielding the Darksaber. Someone struggling to carry that Excalibur. Because usually Pedro Pascal projects, everything's too easy for him. You know? Right. So I like That's to right. see him get stabbed by baseball bats and yes. uh-huh. struggle with Darksabers. That's, That's the way right. to do it. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so then, finally, the moment we've been waiting for, Bo-Katan takes Din and Grogu to the mines where they find those sweet, sweet living waters and a fun commemorative plaque. Who doesn't love commemorative plaques letting you know where you are? I like that even on Mandalore, it's a little bit like a prairie museum in Kansas mm-hmm. where like, on this site, Abraham Lincoln gave an address. Oh, that plaque. Yeah, 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 you're right. George Washington got tea here. Yeah, that's right. Did anybody get Disneyland vibes? So I'm like, oh, who wrote bit, that? Yeah. Like Walt Disney and the little archways you go you for all, for all who enter like, here, be they Mandalorians or young at heart. <laughs> welcome to the living waters. Just ahead, you'll see a pretty big mythosaur. Uh, Mando does the old uh, Marx Brothers thing where he takes two steps and then drops to the bottom of the living waters uh, or was pulled down. We're, we're still debating about that. That's such an that. old reference, Tommy, that young people watching New Rockstars are now going to be like, who, what, where, Yeah, how? the Marx Brothers. Marky Mark and Johnny Mark. Uh, you think he was swimming? Also, the Wahlbergs are not that much more recent of a reference. I know, yeah. I still like, Who? <laughs> New kids on the block. Where are you guys at? You guys know Vanilla Ice? Call in if you do. Bo rescues him, uh, and we're still debating the weight of these uh, Mandalorian armor suits because that jetpack has room for two, I guess. They're shooting on up, and on the way, we get a glimpse of a aquatic mythosaur. A big one! Yeah. A big old mythosaur, and I do like Bo's reaction, even in a helmet, is like, And uh, pretty incredible. Mythosaur confirmed. What, what, do, what do we know, gentlemen, about the Mythosaur? What, what is WikiLeaks? What can we learn? Uh, the Mythosaur, the sacred beast to the, to the Watch and to all Mandalorian people, yeah. uh, they were untamable, considered untamable mm. uh, apex predators on, on the planet of Mandalore until Tarvisla. 
was able to tame them and ride them. And then those ancient Mandalorians following his stead were able to ride the Mandalore beasts as mounts, trusting them as one does uh, with their horses or... Or uh, rancors. Yes, or rancors. If you're Boba, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's it's a considered untamable beast, and then it, you know they're they're like long gone, you know, as many things are. But no one, one has stayed. Uh, I don't know how what what is it feeding on? Like what mm -hmm. what is the ecosystem of yeah. the Mines of Mandalore? Is it just alamites? eating alamites? Mm. I don't feel like he could sustain himself on alamites, uh. and they wouldn't go anywhere near. I don't near know. That they game. look like good eating. <laughs> like I that meat falls alamite. right off the bone. <laughs> get that slow roasted nice. alamite Ooh. at Galaxy's Edge mm -hmm. next year. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then, but then there's this important uh, kind of prophecy, right, yeah. to the Mandalorian people right. that the one to uh, foresee a man uh, returning Mythosar. Mm -hmm. That, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Say that again. We, we were we were talking earlier about yeah. the the mythos, like the the first yeah, Mandalorian that, to uh, a mythosar to present himself to. A yeah, that will mean a rebirth of the Mandalorian people. That means a oh. renaissance of their culture. They're coming back. That is the the herald of it's time for Mandalore to get its groove back. Where's Whoopi Goldberg? We're getting it going here, guys. We're getting the gang together. So, so did Din Djarin also see it? I imagine yes. Or was was Din like knocked unconscious at the bottom of the ocean yeah, floor? See, I think he was incapacitated. Okay, yeah. so you think this is for Bo? You think Bo Katan yeah. is going to be the leader? And I think that's why they include that line earlier of "I'll pressurize my helmet." Yeah. And then yeah. after he realized that the air is clean, he depressurized his helmet. Uh, oh. And when he went down there, his helmet was no longer pressurized because right. he didn't expect to drop. So I think that rapid descent. Uh, probably knocked him out. He probably went unconscious. Yeah. Uh, Bo-Katan lifted him up. It just seemed like he wasn't helping at all. Yeah, She's yeah. Like, he, you're right. You're yeah. right. He Swim, was kick your legs a bit. Yeah, he was I think out. she saw it. That was a moment for Bo because she was the the non-believer at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think this was a moment to kind of empower her. Like he won the dark saber from Off Gideon in, in rightful combat, mm -hmm. but it's a sword that it's a responsibility he doesn't necessarily want. Mm -mm. I think the fact that she's still able to wield the dark saber successfully and see the Mythosar, this was a hero moment for Bo-Katan. I think this yeah. was an empowering episode for her, and this is like what's going to light a spark under her ass to to challenge him for the saber. We well, we, we talked about R five D 4s motivator, yeah. but now the Mythosaur is Bo-Katan's <laughs> motivator. Well, you, okay? it, this is great, guys. We've jumped the gun a little bit here because that is actually our first question, guys. Oh. oh yeah, we answered it. I think we can explore it a little more. <laughs> how how the fat to do a throwback to an old Wookiee leaks call? How the fat will seeing the Mythosaur motivate Bo-Katan's next move? Now I oh, theorized in last question. week's episode yeah. that I thought Bo-Katan was playing possum a little bit. I thought she was kind of like, eh, my people are all gone. You should go lead them. I don't care to kind of make Din Djarin underestimate her because eventually mm. she's going to still try and get him to get that sword. This episode kind of made it seem like, no, she might actually really be that nihilistic yes. up until the point where she saw the Mythosaur. We know the only way she truly believes she can earn that Darksaber back is to defeat Din Djarin in combat. Right. He can't hand it over to her. He has to. She has to believe, in her mind at least, that he's trying to win. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So do we think that's coming? Will she attack him unawares? Is she going to attack him and put his life in danger? And if that happens, won't Grogu just kind of like... With this mm, great question. That's what I think. Yeah, it's hard for me to imagine what Bo-Katan or uh, or Din Djarin's future will be because I think the point of the Exodus um, line in, in Episode One is to paint these figures as the uh, the Hebrews leaving Egypt, wandering in the desert, trying to find the Promised Land. 
And the thing about that that wandering is that Moses didn't survive to make it into the promised land. Whoa. And and the there's various interpretations over why he didn't make it, but uh, I always grew up with the teaching that because it's like a generational thing that we have to forgive our uh, the prior generation of their sins of their imperfections, mm-hmm. and that every successive generation has to get morally better and work mm-hmm. our way towards better moral purity. And that Moses, as someone who was there during the plagues of Egypt, was not pure of heart enough to see that promised land. And so Joshua led uh, the Hebrews into the promised land. And I think Grogu represents the Joshua, even mm-hmm. though Grogu is a Moses figure, a bastard in a basket. I know, I know, it's not perfect, it doesn't line up perfectly. But I think Grogu is the next generation, so and I don't think Din Bo-Katan, is the Moses. Yeah. I, Din is the Moses who you know will, will definitely lead at some point. I just don't know how Bo-Katan fits into it because she's also, she's had too much of a mixed track record. I think the natural well, like successor the, is the Mandalorian Jedi, and I think Grogu is the Tarvisla yeah. reincarnate. Well, is, is, is Bo-Katan, is she like the Moses in this situation? She could be the Moses, yeah, right? The Ram- she what about the, lead them, right? What about the Ramses? Could she be the Ramses? Oh, the, yeah, the, mm. uh, the bad one. I mean, who would be the Ramses? Moff Gideon, is he the Ramses? Yeah, That's what's no, so messy yeah. about this is because, yeah. like, Yes, yes, the, the Mandalorians are a diasporatic group of people. They're wanderers. Uh, they were forced to leave. But it's you could argue they were cursed in a way by their own folly, if, depending yes. on who you ask. And, you know, the Israelites, or they weren't Israelites yet, but the Hebrews were slaved, were enslaved by the Egyptians. So it's not like they... It's not like they brought about their own downfall. Right. They, they, but bottom line, you're saying Din Djarin's not going to survive this season. I think... Eric Voss says. I think he'll survive it. I just don't think oh. he will be, by the end of the series... The one to lead, oh. to lead the And we already know Favreau's got season four, right, is writing it, right? Like he, yeah. he said, it's, it's either in process or finished. Yeah, but didn't he also say, like, he doesn't really have an end game in mind for this yeah, show. He's just going to let it keep going. Let's and get going into that. Again. Is he being truthful or is he just kind of playing his cards a little close mm. to the vest? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with either. You know what? What? It's a mystery that we're all going to have to sleep on. And speaking of sleep on, oh. well, we can't all visit the living waters of Mandalore to cure up. Cure what ails us. We can get a good night's sleep. And here at New Rockstars, we love our sleepy time with Helix. And we have for many, many years now. Helix makes premium mattresses and bedding that are customized to fit your needs and conveniently ship to your door. That's great. Which Helix mattress is right for you? Don't worry about it. Helix makes a sleep quiz that matches your unique body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Based on your preferences and sleep positions and firmness preferences, they have something for everyone's unique taste and if you sleep with a partner, you know mm-hmm. I do, yeah. you can take the sleep quiz together and find something that's perfect compromise for both of you. Not for me. I'm a dictator in the bed. <laughs> no, let me tell you, Eric, you and I both have Helix mattresses that yeah. we enjoy very much. Do you have a Helix mattress? No, but I'm going to get one. Well, you know what? Stick with this show long enough. We're going to make one happen for Yay. you. Yay! <laughs> now, I love my Helix mattress. <laughs> I sleep like an angel, yeah. and I live like a devil. So it's good for how's, me. How's, how's your lumbar? How's your back? I, I got to be honest, my lumbar, yeah. never been stronger. Oh, God. My I kidneys, destroyed. Yes. Well, the best different. part about all of this is that Helix delivers a mattress straight to your door, folks. Love that. Love Plus, that. Helix has a 100-night sleep trial. And if you don't know after 100 honk shoes whether or not that mattress is right for you, I'll tell you what. They'll give you a full refund, and you got to be Whoa. a little more decisive in your life. 100? Helix mattress has a 10-year warranty. That's a decade. That's two and a half presidential terms. That's... Two summer games, two winter games, and either a summer or winter games, depending on when you buy it. That's a whole okay? DC reboot right that's there. That's true. That's an entire that's, DC universe. That's a cinematic wow. reboot planned out. <laughs> Helix, like I said, 
They have a 10-year warranty. They offer financing options and flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. I love my Helix, baby. And I think you would, too. Wow, look at this. Oh, look my at this God. Bag. Ooh, look at this bag. And if you're looking for a new bed, check out Helix. You can click the link below or go to helixsleep.com slash breakroom to get 20% off your Helix mattress plus two free pillows. That's helixsleep.com slash breakroom. We also want to thank Factor for sponsoring this episode of The Break Room Presents. WikiLeaks, power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Look and feel your best in time for warmer weather with calorie-smart meals around 550 calories or less. That's incredible. Too busy to cook? Well, with Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store, skip the chopping, skip the prep, and skip the cleaning up, too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready just... Wow! Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you gotta do is heat and enjoy. Factor has delicious flavor-packed meals to help you live the fullest. Choose from keto, vegan, and veggie. Calorie smart and protein plus options on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Enjoy meals any time of day with breakfast options like egg bites, smoothies, and more. Plus, replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 add ons. Get factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals, enjoy fresh flavor packed meals delivered right to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Let wow. me say something real quick here, Eric, if you don't mind. I want to give a personal anecdote about this me and my two of my buddies chris and mike mm -hmm. chris's last name is actually michael so it's chris michael mike and michael uh we're doing hot boy summer training and we're using <gasps> factor to help us get in shape oh hot gosh. boy summer training we got three months till summer roughly maybe a little more and we're gonna get those beach bods and by the way beach bod doesn't mean you have zero body fat beach bod is whatever body you have as long as you throw it on some sand okay speak on it all bodies are fine no need to comment on mine in these YouTube comments, guys. <laughs> I know what I look like. It's fine. Eric, how can we get these sweet, sweet Factor Meals? Well, all you got to do is head on over to factormeals.com slash breakroom50 and use a code breakroom50 to get 50% off your first box. It's code breakroom50 at factormeals.com slash breakroom50 to get 50% off your first box. Holy cow. All right, guys. It's awesome. Let's get back into this. Okay. Bo-Katan mentions the Jedis and Mandalorians, I'm sorry, Jedi and Mandalorians yep. have worked together in the past, fought side by side. Is there a chance? In both, you guys, you guys can say, maybe I'm a little out of my mind here. Could no, we see no. a live action Clone Wars flashback in this series? Tommy, what happened at the end of season two of this show? What happened? Who arrived? Okay. Who showed up? Okay, I'm going to have to remember. <laughs> Luke Skywalker. That's right. Yes. Played by whom? Mark Hamill. Yeah, pretty I mean, much. I mean, debatably. And, and other technology and all the artistry, and that's all amazing. But all together, the package was Mark Hamill was on some kind of payroll. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, that's true. And who, credited. Who did they just get on the payroll to produce the show called Obi-Wan Kenobi? Ewan McGregor. Cad Bane. Cad no, Bane. No, I yeah. mean... Yeah, Ewan yes. McGregor. He is right there. Hayden uh, Christensen. That's what I'm saying. He's into it. He likes being in Star Wars again. <laughs> now, yeah. what's, what's likelier, that we see an Obi-Wan Force ghost talking to Grogu? Ooh. Or we see a de-aged uh, Ewan McGregor to the Clone Wars. I let guess me, he wouldn't even need to de-age him. Just give him a nice haircut and clean shave the guy. Let me, let me, throw, let me, throw, let me throw this your way, Eric. What about if we got not just an Obi-Wan Kenobi de-aged Ewan McGregor, but there was an actor hired to play 
Duchess Satine. I and think they, that's the way to right? go. Right? That's the way to go. Because you, I mean, you could even just do, they're both girls, you know, braiding each other's hair or something like that. Right, 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 right. In, right. in these same halls. If these, you wall, could, if these uh, sharply angled walls could talk. Like a flashback to Bo-Katan's childhood and they're both like the sisters from Frozen. Yes. You could do that, mm. but, but, to have. Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> yeah. No! <laughs> Come on, Satine. But to have Ewan McGregor actually act opposite an actor who's portraying a character that in the Clone Wars and in the Star Wars story was a very significant relationship to one another, that yeah. could also feed into the themes of like, maybe the Mandalorian's religion isn't right about everything. The way yeah. the Jedi wasn't right about uh, being like, you can't have attachments. Mm. It's like, even Obi-Wan had some kind of a romantic feelings and yeah. you know was struggling with that attachment. I think Obi-Wan caught feelings. I, I think he that. did. I, I think, think we're, in, in, in speaking in the Force Ghost conversation, I think we're more likely to see a name in my mind bigger than Luke Skywalker himself, bigger than Obi-Wan Kenobi, what do you think of when you think of Star Wars? What character, what name, what is Grogu's nickname? Baby Yoda. Cad Bane. I think we're gonna see- You gotta stop. Close. One of these times it will be Cad Bane. It's a Socratic thing. Uh, uh, one of, I think we're going to see a ah. Force Ghost, Frank Oz-voiced puppet of Yoda Yoda. Oh my God. Meeting and conversing with Grogu. That's gotta happen at that's, some point it's gonna, that's, that's, that's the only thing I can think of that could like top yeah. The season two reveal of not Plo Koon, but Luke Skywalker. Wow. Well, we know we're going to get to <laughs> yes. Order 66. That was a good, much better reveal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Didn't mean for this to sound sarcastic. Sorry, yeah. I was gonna, Order 66 is, we're going to get to it at some point. I don't yeah. know what episode, though, is yeah. going to trigger that memory, yeah. right? Because right now we aren't concerning ourselves with the Jedi history at all. Are you about to say what I think you're about to say? Cad Bane. No. No. no oh, rule of three. That's good. Oh, yeah. That Yoda saved Grogu. Mm. Oh. He could have. He was still getting off of Dagobah, though, at the moment. It depends how much time he needed right. to get from Dagobah. But didn't to... he go fight uh, Palpatine in the Senate? He... Or is that... Uh, that's That after. came after, okay. yeah. So he met up with Obi-Wan. They went to the Jedi Temple when they got to Coruscant first. They reviewed okay. the security tapes. Oh, and then from saw there, the murder. Obi-Wan went to Mustafar to fight Anakin. And then, okay. Yeah. And Yoda fought Yeah, that. so I, I, think, I think Yoda knew about Grogu. Yeah. Had to have. Had to have. I think he had to have known. Wow. That'd be great. Well, I would love to see a Force Ghost uh, Yoda. I would lose my mind. I would lose it. I'd simply lose it. All right. Do we think Din Djarin completed his redemption? Is he now bathed in the waters? Oh, I mean, he fell into the waters. Great question. Did he Tommy, bathe? Tommy, these are fantastic questions. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I wanted you guys to be impressed with me. Now, wait, impressed. but is this the real, the act of bathing in the water? And that's why the armor was like, yeah, sure, go. This yeah. is the way. Sounds good. Uh, she knows that, like, this sucker doesn't know that <laughs> we're giving a Southern Baptist yeah. baptism. We're going to dunk you all the way <laughs> yeah. and practically drown you. And then if you survive that, sure, okay, you've earned, you've earned a spot back. Sure. They, does she know? That the mythosaur is down there? No way. Maybe she's, she's like, feed the mythosaur. Yeah. What? Yeah, maybe she's like, he'll you're just get eaten by the mythosaur. Wait a minute, Eric, you're just really on this, like, the armor is the bad guy I trip. Think she, I you, think that's she all is. it is. I, like, I think she knows is. the beast is down there. She's feeding the beast. Man. Yeah. The perform because it's so tough because the armor the, at the performance, what's the name of the actor that plays the armor again? She's fantastic. Oh, the, the, so at the performance level, the reason I'm bringing it up is this. She has such a cool air about herself, mm -hmm. right? She has kind of like an above it all. The, the voice is fantastic, the body language. So when Mando is giving her information that is like really like contradictory to what she knows to be true, but he's giving her enough info that it's like, but if I do this, I'm good, right? She has no choice but to go, 
this is the way. Yeah. And the way she says it could be very cool and calculated, but it also could be like, you are correct, and I'm going to give you that, but I'm not going to be excited about it. Like, it's, yeah. it's that kind of performance, so. She did feel like she was both caught in kind of a legal loophole yeah, exactly. where she couldn't say no exactly. to it. Uh, but I think that there was something more to it. Like, I think she's like, just like, like... Mr. Incredible's boss in The Incredible's guys, like, this, this legally, isn't... I'm supposed to say yes, we help people. <laughs> what about our people, Bob? <laughs> this is an incredible moment for me. I'm getting a psychic blast. Emily Swallow is the name of the actor. <laughs> Whoa! Who plays the armor Bro, who psychic blasted you? Jean Grey well, from the X-Men I th- arcade over I there? I think it was Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Now also, I got a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is is Baby Yoda gonna gonna speak this season? Is well, Grogu did, gonna did speak? He did, say, uh, he did say Pelly, right? And he keeps he? like vocalizing things. I mean, she read it as Pelly. Mm-hmm. I think it was like yeah, yeah, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> it's start, it's getting there. And, and there was a moment where it sounded like he said in response to something Din said that he said like okay, and he said ato. Yeah, and it was yeah, the yeah. cutest thing ever, yeah. and I wanted to punch my screen yeah. and eat a baby. Yes. It was so cute. Yeah. So he said, Ato. I so want his first speaking? words to be dad. Oh, my gosh. You know? I want it to be dad. Love you, dada. Dada. He, wanna, oh, here's the other question. Yeah. Is he going to talk like Yoda or like Yaddle? Oh. Because mm-hmm. I'm all about the Yaddle gang. Yaddle gang, rise up. Yaddle, voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard, speaks yeah. what we would consider normally, which I think right. is the best thing to be revealed in Star Wars in years. <laughs> and it's Yoda like, oh, just, Yoda is just Yoda like just a, a weirdo. cool he was just weirdo. A <laughs> because Yoda, like, Yoda speaking the way he does, still being the smallest, still being the most mm-hmm. powerful Jedi ever, is this great, like, it's so, such a leap, but I'm like, maybe if there were young kids watching Star mm-hmm. Wars that have, like, trouble with... Speaking, speech yeah, impediments, or nonverbal, or process. Yeah. I'm like, here you have Yoda, a character who is literally sure. an example of like, it doesn't matter. Like the way he communicates is the, is so cool and unique and funny, but not what we consider normal. Here's Yaddle. It just sounds like Bryce Dallas Howard. No, here's, <laughs> now here's an even further uh, thing. We know yeah. so little about this race of aliens. Yes. They don't even have a name, <gasps> right? Do you think we're what if the it's name? The, what if it's their second language? What if English or whatever is Basic. their second language? And that's why. Yaddle is way better at learning it, and oh. Yoda is speaking it in a fragmented, misplaced words because he doesn't... He was homeschooled, and yeah. then Yaddle went to the... Yaddle went like to the... Or, or, like, or like Yaddle grew up in the Star Wars galaxy in Coruscant like from a younger age, and Yoda's like, I didn't meet anybody until I was about 400. <laughs> is there any... <laughs> and I grew up in the galaxy <laughs> south. Is there yeah. any yeah. answer to what the name of Yoda and Yaddle's species, species? is that is going to be satisfying? They're going to be like, it's called... But here's the thing. How much did they workshop Baby Yoda's name? They yeah, had yeah. to have. We didn't get it until yeah. season two, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or yeah. was it season one? No, season two is when Ahsoka showed up. Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Ahsoka yeah. Yeah. I don't know about y'all, but like we heard, I saw people on the internet saying Yodito, you know, all of these great nicknames. Yes. Speaking of Baby Yoda, did Grogu disappoint you? Were you like, yeah, that's not, now I'm like used to it. Now yeah, I'm like, it's it, You know what? I think it just took a little time to get used yeah. to because of the Baby Yoda phenomenon. So do you think that when we learn that Yoda is a member of the Hahu species, yeah, the Harhus, the Harhus, the Harhus, we're going to be like, okay. <laughs> you know what? I, that, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I can't claim. Harhu. <laughs> Haru is so stupid. Please don't. Please don't make Haru trend. Favreau, Favreau's like, uh, perfect. There it is. All right. We're, I in, think po- that's... we're in post-production on the last episode, and we were just going to slip that in there. I think our Naboo N1 cruiser is about out of gas here. Why don't we land this bird, huh? <laughs> yeah, let's land this bird right on the runway. I think... Well, 
Comment yeah. down below with your favorite part of this episode and what you think that the Mythosar moment really means with uh, with Bo-Katan. Is she, is she activated now? Uh, also, what's the armor's role in all this? Did we actually hear Grogu talk? And what do you think his first name, word's going to be? Comment that stuff rather than other stupid bullshit. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, <laughs> we want to thank our host for joining us. Our, uh, my Easter egg breakdown of this episode is going to be coming out very soon on this channel. Next on this channel, in between like four other videos about other random nonsense. But in the meantime, follow Hector at Hector is Funny. Follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold. You can follow me at EA Voss. Be sure to subscribe to our new channel, The Deep Dive. <laughs> and don't forget to go to nerdriot.shop. You can get your hands on this great, great merch. It's the best way to support us here at New Rockstars. Thank you all for watching. Eric, I want to do a new thing because Hector's here. Okay. Oh. Let's all say this is the way. Um, ready? <laughs> okay, on three. It. Me too. One, two, three. This, this is the way. way. <laughs>